Welcome to Just One More Story by George Walters, a weekly podcast where I share with you a mixture of personal stories as well as some useful tips, techniques, and advice that might help you live a healthier, happier life. They might even get you motivated enough to make the changes you need to be successful in areas that you never thought were possible. It should also be noted that any content that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. In other words, all the views and information expressed here on this podcast are my own and not the views of anyone else. And while I strive for accuracy, I can and will be wrong at times, as any honest human will have to admit. So, if you're looking for that special something to start or end your day, you're in the right place. And the great part is, you can listen to all my podcasts for free, anywhere, at any time. So with that, let's get started. Hi folks, thanks for joining me here today. Today we'll finish this two-part story, the first one being women of yesteryear, this one being men of yesteryear. Both are true stories told to me by my old dad one night while driving along a lonesome highway on their way to market. Well, on the subject of my dad, it should be noted that he was a storyteller like no other. It seemed that when he got to telling stories, the rest of the world would just up and disappear. I actually sometimes felt that I was part of the story that he was telling. I don't talk much about certain things that have happened throughout my life, but I will say this. I didn't have many days alone with my dad. The reason being, we were separated for a good number of years. There were no clear-cut answers as to why this happened, but I do know in part that he thought it was best that I be boarded out wanting to protect me from, well, I won't get into that. It did hurt me at first, but as time went by, my attitude changed, and truth be told, I had a pretty good life living with Reg and Laura Potter, who owned a dairy farm, and were the folks that adopted me. They taught me a lot about life in general, like standing up for oneself when all others think you're wrong, but in your heart you know you're right. They also taught me the feeling of accomplishment at the end of each day, and to never look down on someone that isn't as well off as you are. They taught me responsibility and compassion for animals and nature. And they also taught me how to earn and save my money, which back then wasn't an easy chore. Yes, all them things helped me throughout my life, but there were others, like learning to be independent. In other words, if, if need be, I could live without others. And for a while after I left these two nice folks, I had to do just that. I also learned by growing up I had the freedom to roam the land. That is, as long as I was home by dark to eat. They also taught me contentment, as there was no places to shop, there were no lights, no neighbors nearby. From looking at things, you could say it was a quiet time in my life. The only sounds was of nature, animals, and machinery working in the fields. It was a time when I was able to create whatever I wanted from my imagination, something that I think in part has been lost in today's world. Yes, living off the land was hard at times. You could say a person became frugal, learning at a very early age that money didn't grow on trees. (laughs) As my dad said many times, 
If it did grow on trees, it was in someone else's orchard. I also learned that if things went wrong, you had to fix things yourself, as we were unable to hire others to do it for us. Bottom line was, you had to take care of what you had. Laura always said, George, if you take care of it, it will take care of you. And I found that to be true over the years. I also found that if I worked hard for something, I tended to take care, care of it more. And lastly, I was taught that Mother Nature can be your best friend or your worst enemy. So, what is all that I just said to do with a story today? Lots, actually. As this story, as the, one, the last one, gives you an idea of how a hard-working couple years ago managed to scratch out a life in the wilds and living with each other along with the occasional being apart. I hope you enjoy Men of Yesteryear. Ed said his goodbyes, hating to leave Mary with all the chores, along with knowing she would be a bit lonely. But all in all, he knew that she would make out just fine. It was a warm day, and deep down inside, the thoughts of riding through a piece of the desert wasn't of his most favorite likings. But he knew it had to be done, as the old cow they had now was on her last legs. Boy, fifteen years ago, to be exact, that Mary and I came to this country, all our possessions fitting into one wagon, pulled by our team of horses with that old cow in tow. Well, she has kept us healthy and strong for a good number of years now, giving us good milk. So there's no reason for us to complain much. The first stop would be at the grass widow's place, maybe spend a night just to be sociable, and then head on into Little Dixie Landing. If things goes right, I should be back home with my Mary in a few days. It took me the better part of the day to get to Jessica's place with steady riding. Well, Whiskey Jen, that's my horse's name, I'm not sure what you'll have for supper tonight, as it kind of depends on what they have in hand. Not to worry, though, as I suspect there is lots of tender green grass around our farm. So one way or another, you'll get your well-deserved rest, along with a full stomach. Well, on the subject of Whiskey Jen, she came later after we got settled on our farm. I guess you could say she was another gift from the land. How it came about was, I was out cutting logs for her our cabin, and here she came walking right up to me, saddle, saddle bags with a few supplies, which consisted of mostly rifle shells, cigars, along with a good rope. I figured right off that something had happened to her owner, as a horse in our neck of the woods doesn't usually stray too far, unless scared or hungry. But in this case, it seems she was lonely. I talked to her softly, and you could tell right off that she was sure happy to see a kind human face. After chatting to her a bit, I swung a leg over the saddle and decided to backtrack away to see if I could find who owned her. Sure enough, about a mile from where I was working, I spotted a feller laying on his side up against a rock. After looking at things, I figured that a snake or something had scared the horse, and he fell off, striking his head on a rock, breaking his neck. I sure felt bad for the feller, but there wasn't much that I could do for him other than bury him, which I did. I didn't have any shovel to dig a hole, so I laid him out and covered him the best I could with some rocks, which I figured should keep the wild animals away from him for a while. 
I say a while, as given time, critters have a way of their own on doing things. There was no brand on the horse or info on his personal, so the only thing we could do was keep the horse for our own, or until someone else happened by that knew her. But no one ever claimed her, and we named her Whiskey Jen. The reason we named her that is a story in itself. What happened was, one day a whiskey salesman happened by, and with a bit of coaxing, I talked the wife into buying a few bottles, just for medicinal purpose, of course, or a special occasion. My little woman said after the fact that it seemed there were a lot of special occasions. Thinking about that, my grandfather used to say that laughter may be the best medicine, but a good bottle of whiskey makes a good band-aid, too. Anyways... On one of them special occasions, Mary and I were sitting on our front porch. We had worked hard that day, putting in seed for our winter's hay, and decided on celebrating with a taste or two. My wife didn't like the taste much, but she did have a wee bit occasionally, probably just to keep me happy. But I will say this, she sure livened up after just one drink. Kind of got me wondering if we should make this into a regular thing. Anyway, the wife poured me about two fingers in a large cup, which I sat down on the step. Whiskey Jen was standing alongside us at the time, as we just let her roam around on her own throughout the day. We never worried about her running off, as, hey, where would she go? Well, sir, if she didn't walk right up to that glass, tip it over with her nose, and lick up the whole thing. She gave a bit of a burp, shook her head as if to say, now that's good corn whiskey and walked away. That was it. My wife named her Whiskey Jen, right there on the spot. Anyways, as I rode into the yard of the grass widow, I could see right off that things had been kept up, and in all respect, it looked as good as our place. Hold up there, feller, came a voice from inside the barn. I got a rifle trained right on your chest there, and a finger on the trigger. Pull in your horns there, son. I'm not here to hurt you or rob anyone. My name is Ed. Ed and Mary, friends of your mother from way back. You will get her. She will assure you of who I am. Slowly he came out of the barn into the light where I could see him better, rifle pointing right where he said it was. Truth be told, seeing that rifle kind of raised a hair in the back of my neck. His mother must have heard all the commotion and came out of the cabin, drying her hands with a dish towel. She gave me a look over and then said, Well, lightning should strike me if if it isn't Ed. How many years has it been? Got to be ten or so. Yes, ma'am. Last time I was here, your boy was only a boy, not like the man he is today. That he is, Ed, she said, looking over at her son. He sure has grown some since the last time we talked. Well, get down. I see Whiskey Jen is still letting you ride her. Yeah, she tolerates me. I grant you that. Good horse, though. Wouldn't know what to do without her after all these years. James, put that gun away and take that man's horses and horse and put her in the barn. Give her a rub down and some oats along with a half a bale of hay. By the looks of her, she has done her share of holding this here feller up all day. I suspect you haven't stopped since morning. You're right there, Jessica. I could still call you that, can't I? Sure, why not? It's my name, isn't it? I know, but things change over the years, and, well, not sure if you got it changed. You know, 
No, Ed, still the same, just me and my son. No man worthwhile has happened by yet that I can hook my claws into. You're still wedding, wedded to Mary? Yes, I am, and she told me not to get too friendly with you. Can you imagine that? I always said she was a smart woman, that Mary. Come on into the house. I just put a pot of coffee on the stove. I sure, I sure would enjoy that, I said, and then we went. We had a good chat, thrashing over things to the wee hours of the morning. I then gave her clothes Mary asked me to give her and had a few hours sleep by the stove in an old chair that was actually quite comfortable. In the morning, while Jessica made breakfast, I had a good man-to-man talk with her son James and left just as the sun was beginning to show itself. Good folks, her whiskey gin, good folks, and a darn good cook, too. I guess Mary and I won't have to worry about her, as she is well looked after with that boy of hers working the farm and all. I hope, though, that she gets a man some day. She's too good a looking woman not to be shared with some hard looking feller. Come on, old girl, we got a lot of ground to cover today and all dry. It took all morning to get to the desert, and I figured if lucky we would get to the watering hole midway come dark. That is, if things went according to plan. The day wore on, and just as the sun was going down, the watering hole came into view, which was surrounded by some lush green grass. Not much, but enough for Whiskey Jen to have a good supper. I got down, took the saddle off, and tied Whiskey Jen under a tree. Not that I thought she would run away on her own, but if some strange animal happened by, well, let's just say it's better to be safe than sorry. I just couldn't chance it. In no time, I was washed up and had the coffee perking over a small fire I made using some buffalo chips that I collected along the way. Mary had fixed me enough ready-made food for two days, which she figured with a meal at Jessica's would be plenty. Right there and then, I think I could have eaten twice as much, her food being so tasty, but I rationed myself. I ate while chatting the whiskey gin and then moved my saddle up against a rock near the fire, threw on a good-sized log which I found near the watering hole. I suspect another traveler left it thinking it might help some out. Once the fire was going nicely, I bedded down for the night. The sky was clear, and as I lay there looking up at the sky, my eyes laid on a million stars. Sure a sight to see, I thought. I wonder what Mary is thinking right now at this moment. Better be about me. Slowly my eyes closed, and I said to myself, Good night, Mary, and drifted off to sleep. I was awakened by Whiskey Gin snorting in the morning as if to say, Come on now, let's get a move on. Can't be lying around here all day. Okay, ogre, I'm awake and proceeded to straighten out my legs. It seems the older I get, the longer it takes for me to get moving these days. I then folded up my blanket, saddled Whiskey Jen, and in no time we were on our way. I didn't feel like taking the time for breakfast, figuring I could eat in the saddle if the urge did hit. About noon, I sat up on a hill looking down at the town of Little Dixie Landing. Not much of a town, huh, Whiskey Jen? But I hear they got the best milking cows this side of Texas, and that is what we came for. I rode into town, stopping at the livery stable. A nice fellow there put my horse in the barn, rubbed her down, and 
feather for five cents, which I thought was a bit high in price, but it was his barn. Once he was finished with his fiddling, I asked the feller where I could find some cows. He replied saying that, strange you ask, as I have around a dozen out back of the barn for sale. Three of them are given milk and are around two years old. Sounds about what I'm looking for, old-timer. Can we take a look? Sure can. Just wait a minute till I put your saddle away and your horse into a stall. She looked plumb tuckered out. You're right there. We did put a fair piece behind us today. Once he finished, we headed outside, and sure enough, there stood around 15 of the nice-looking cows I ever laid eyes on. I didn't want to seem over-anxious, so I just moseyed slowly over to the corral, talking about my trip. After a bit of chatting, the old feller, I guess, got tired of waiting and said, I suppose you would like to know what I'm selling them for. Well, it has entered my mind. I'm sure there's lots of others around town I could look at, but inside I knew these were fine animals. So, since you asked, what would you take for two of them? Well, Sonny, I figured they're worth $15 each. Now, Mary and I figured on spending 20 each if they were good but I wasn't about to tell him that. Well, the thing is this, old-timer. I only got $20 on me. That's all I got, and I need enough for supper and a room for the night. I guess I'll, I'll have to look around a bit, but thanks anyways. They sure are nice-looking cows, though, let me tell you. With that, and I turned and headed back towards the barn. Now hold up there, young feller. I didn't say I wouldn't sell you them there cows for the price you said. That was my asking price. Tell you what, you look like a nice feller. How about I sell you them there two cows for $10 each, and you come on over to our home, and my wife will cook you supper. And on top of that, I'll let you sleep here in the barn. It's warm and dry, and I will even throw in a blanket for the night. I gotta tell you, I was busting inside being so happy. But I held it in and said, You got yourself a deal there, my friend. Anyways, the night wore on, the food was good, and lots of chatting was done about where we lived. I then said goodnight and headed on over to the barn to check on Whiskey Gin and get some sleep. Morning came early, and walking out into the morning air, I spotted a small general store across the street from the livery stable where I had slept. Hmm, I do have some money left. I think I'll go and buy some supplies, and if lucky, maybe that new dress for, for Mary. She sure deserves it, and I haven't seen her in a dress for, well, it's been a long time. With that, I brushed myself off a bit, as my clothes were a bit dusty from sleeping in the hay, and it headed on over to the store. The amazing thing was, there was a woman about Mary's size that owned it. So after chatting a bit, I asked if, she had a pretty red dress that would fit her. She said, yes, I do. Would you like to see it? I said, yep, sure would. With that, she went into the back room, and within a few minutes, she came out wearing it. I have to tell you, seeing her standing there looking so, well, let's just say so downright handsome, I told her to wrap it up. I also bought some apples, flour, beans, salt, sugar, coffee, two new hoes, a hay fork, along with some ammunition for my rifle, along with some other things, and a new item that came in a fancy box. The owner said they were called chocolates. I told her I had never heard of them before. 
Well, since you're buying a bunch of items, would you like to try one? It's free. Why, thank you, ma'am. I would at that. With that, she gave me one. I have to tell you, they were almost as sweet as my Mary. What will they come up with next, I said. Yes, they're coming out with some neat things these days. Would you like to buy a few? I bought the whole box for one dollar, the most I ever paid for candy my whole life. We chatted some while she was getting things done up, said thanks, and headed on over to get whiskey gin. She's going to have a load going home, I thought. Maybe I should have bought a pack horse. That got me to thinking, pack horse, cow. What's the difference? And with that, I tied most of all the things onto the two cows. They didn't seem to mind any. After saying goodbye to the fellow that owned the livery stable, I was on my way with the two cows in tow. The trail seemed hot and long on the return trip. Reason being, I couldn't go as fast with the two cows, along with all the supplies I bought. It took an extra day, but we arrived in good spirits with me hollering from a half a mile away. Where's that woman of mine? I hope she didn't hook up with no whiskey salesman and leave me. <laughs> no more than a second later, out of the cabin she came on the run. We both met halfway, and I swung down just as she jumped into my arms. Got the cows, Mary, and oh, it's so good to see you. We held each other for a few moments, then she slowly moved on towards the cabin with me telling her all about the trip. The red dress was worn every Sunday after that. She sure looked pretty. Truth be told, I couldn't take my eyes off her wherever she wore it, as that dress seemed to reveal things that, well, let's just say things that held my interest. The two cows gave us many fine calves and more milk than we could use. That fall, Mary brought into the world a boy which grew to be up to be a fine young feller. Years later, he went off to school and became a lawyer. No farming for him, he said. I want to see the world. We both at first were a bit disappointed as we had hoped he would carry on from where we left off, but it wasn't up to us. Oh, and them there chocolates. I guess he must have liked them as I only got one of the whole box. That's it for today, folks. But before I go, I would like to mention that all my stories are also available in books. We have seven books to choose from, and each book has over 50 short stories. The titles of the books are One More Story, Moments in Time, Paths We Choose, Times Changing, Keep Turning Pages, Join Me in the Garden, and Nature's Gateway to Health. All of our books are available on Amazon.ca or Amazon.com in ebook or paperback. If you would like more information regarding my books or podcasts, or if you would like to buy me a coffee from time to time, you can email me at stories at keepingnotes.com. I'll say that one more time. Stories at keepingnotes.com. And I'll get back to you. You can also listen to my podcasts on Google Play Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, CastBox, Listen Notes, Amazon Music, and The Walters Post. It is also on your Google Home Smart Speaker. Just say, hey Google, play Just One More Story by George Walters. And if you enjoy my podcast, 
share them with others, or tell a friend. In doing so, it will help me make more podcasts for all to enjoy. And finally, I would like to thank you all for listening, along with those that have taken the time to let me know that they are enjoying my podcast. And don't forget to tune in every Friday for a new episode of Just One More Story by George Walters.